1: a woo a hand clapper, a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DW group or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows no investigation necessary.
1: Welcome to VEASAN's F1 betting podcast. It's lights out, away we go, go, go. go. Oh, Checo is a legend. Absolute animal. The only F1 handicap you'll ever need. My thinks he's right.
0: But the championship can only be won by one.
1: Here are your hosts, F1 technical analyst, Mikhail Miranda, and betting expert, Ben Wilson. All right, we're back, ready to roll for race number three here on the VEASAN Formula 1 betting podcast. Mikhail Miranda is here. I'm Ben Wilson. Uh, Mikhail, you ready to go? Are we we actually going to get some excitement, some speed? I have heard that the Australian Grand Prix, all the reports are this could be the fastest race ever at this particular track. And that's not just hyperbole, because apparently there have been some changes here. Uh, There is the new DRS zone enabled. So as we get into this race, race number three of 23 here for the 2023 season. Uh, What's different about the track? Because it sounds like there have been some changes made, my friend.
2: We are looking at a lot more bands, and I, it looks like there's another DRS zone that's coming in. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, there weren't many DRS zones before, uh, like in Formula One. And as we keep going, we keep seeing a lot of tracks now with three DRS zones. So I'm just I'm excited to see what's about to pop up here because there's I love Australia Albert Park is one of my favorite races. It used to be the season opener before we moved to Bahrain. uh it's always one of the it's a very very fun environment being at Albert Park and the track is just uh it's absolutely beautiful uh you you got some good medium to slow corners and some nice beautiful straights. It's like the the perfect mixture of what you want in a racetrack. That's basically what Albert Park is.
1: Kind of seems like across the entire Formula 1 landscape, the, the addition of the DRS zones, it is part of that broad strategy where they, they want more racing, right? They've, they had the caps in place, so they want teams to only be able to spend the same amounts. It kind of seems like that. Is, is that fair to say? Is that kind of part of it, Mikhail, where they want more of these tracks to really lean in and get into the, all right, let's, let's get some zones in these tracks so we can actually have some real driving and have these guys really battle it against each other?
2: yeah the whole point of drs was to get a lot of a lot of close racing amongst the drivers and every time uh it's drivers run away with it and they're just out of the drs zone out of the slipstream they just can't seem to catch up to drivers ahead so the drs is there to pull everyone closer a bit more close racing and a bit more fun so what we see usually with the dominance in cars should sort of start to slip away especially for the first couple of laps and if they can keep it together have that drs strain that might make it even more exciting because then you might have the undercut or the overcut in strategies for tire changes. So there's a lot to come through. So yeah, Albert Park is the feature for DRS zones.
1: Four, let's go. That's what I like to hear, Mikael. We haven't had really any crashes. There's not been any like tight, uh, insane sequencing on the racing. The biggest thing has just been the controversy so far where uh, last uh, in the last race in Saudi Arabia, you had... Uh, Fernando Alonso get the, the belated time penalty only for that to be rescinded. So all's well that ends well for Alonso as, as he has been on the podium twice. It's been a back-to-back double podium for Red Bull. And so now the question is, as we look at this track and just which what it has benefited, at least as far as teams and drivers in the past, Mikhail, can we get a resurgence for Charles Leclerc? Who you and I were both very high in in the preseason. Not been a good start for Ferrari. Doesn't seem like they fixed many of the issues that plagued them from... Uh, season ago but leclerc won this race last year he started on pole he had the fastest lap is this the type of track that that leclerc ought to uh, have a lot of sustained success at when you look at the dimensions there
2: so as you know i've been high on ferrari when we started this podcast and now that we're a couple of races in given the penalties that ferrari have already taken and incurred on themselves in two races only I am sort of fading Ferrari.
1: Wow, what? You're for- fading Ferrari? Damn. Uh,
2: for for right now, they just don't seem to have the capability to race against the Red Bulls, nor do they have the capability of keeping the car on track. Like, those are two things that you need if you want to be <laughs> ahead.
1: I was going to say, that seems like kind of an issue, Mikhail. if you can't keep your car on the track. Um, <laughs> it could be a long race. Uh, that's what's happened so far. Yes, to the Ferraris.
2: But, um if you guys ever see something around for matchups i would say to take charles over carlos Sainz. going back to the last race right the only reason uh charles finished behind carlos was because of the 10 place grid penalty but charles was lapping about a second faster than carlos Sainz. so charles has managed to get some pace out of the car it's just not enough base to go against the Red Bulls so or to finish maybe top three because uh, Aston Martin's good. But uh, just look for Ferrari matchups. Don't look for Ferrari to finish anywhere with podium off. That's going to get a little bit trickier as more engine problems uh, come into the picture and they just take more penalties.
1: For sure. Well, and that leads us into the odds here for the race. It's not a surprise. And I, I've even, I have a friend of mine here in... Uh, Vegas he is the social media director for the Vegas Golden Knights huge uh, Max Verstappen fan and even he has told me yeah like there's no value in betting Max I just I just don't even bother anymore because the guy is at these ridiculous minus money prices now before you even go into the weekend he's minus 330 right now to win uh <laughs> just insane when you look at it you got to bet $330 just to win 100 on a Formula One race before qualifying even or practice even begins his teammate Sergio Perez plus 450. Then you go Fernando Alonso, who has the back to back podiums there for the Aston Martin 10 to 1. And then Leclerc, who has uh, not, not helped our cause there with our future bets, uh, Mikhail. I'm ready to rip up that ticket. Leclerc, uh, 16 to 1. And then it's the two Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton 22 to 1. George Russell 35, along with uh, Carlos Sainz at 35. So the, the thing that uh, caught my eye, at least from the headlines this week so Alonso, who was part of that controversy in race number two. Gets there into the podium. His 100th career had that potential for the 10 second penalty, which they they gave to him, only to take back. But I've heard read some heard some rumblings that to Aston Martin they've made some upgrades here that have come in earlier than expected. What's the latest there?
2: So I'm so waiting to see what stuff is coming out, what upgrades they have, because uh, one of my things that I was saying about Aston Martin is yes, they come they they've started the season very very strong, and it's going to be their abilities to keep up. Uh, alongside all the uh, teams, especially the top three teams of Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes, because they can put out upgrades just as quickly as anyone. So Aston Martin needs to be able to be on that sort of level, that way they can compete and still get Fernando, even Lance, keep them up in the top six to finish above the rest, and maybe even finish above Mercedes and Ferrari to take second in the constructors. So... They're gonna to have to keep on uh, sending stuff out, so I'm gonna be very interested for the upgrades uh, that they bring. I'm gonna see what they do because that car is already quite slick. So I, d- I don't know if it's gonna be major upgrades or if it's gonna be minor upgrades. So uh, we're just looking to see what's going on. So I'm trying to figure out like where are they bringing this upgrades? It's gonna to be to the floor of the car. It's gonna to be to the rear wing, the front wings. So. There's going to be a lot of stuff to see, uh, but that, again, Aston Martin look quite slick. They have a very, very good package.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing with Alonso because I look at his odds down, especially if you're of the mind to fade Leclerc, uh, Mikhail. If we look at the podium finish odds, Verstappen minus 525, Perez minus 280, Alonso minus 175, and then you get Leclerc at plus 140. Uh, Lewis Hamilton is the, the next choice at 3-1, to one, and then you go, uh, you go from, from there on out. So that's where I look at it and say, okay... If we're ready to fu- if we're ready, if we've got enough evidence and I was, you know, I was definitely slower to the party than you were. I was not as willing to just blindly buy in on this Aston Martin turnaround, but it's pretty obvious like you talk about. The speed is there, the construction of the car is already really really slick. You're now in the point where is it worth betting like the double the double top 6 is minus 110 on Aston Martin. And I guess the question is do you have enough trust in Lance Stroll, the second driver who couldn't finish the race in uh, race number two in Saudi Arabia, who came in banged up and injured into Bahrain. Are you at the point now where the car is so good that as long as Lance Stroll doesn't just screw it up, or there's not some sort of failure with the car, he should be good to go in a top six format?
2: Uh, absolutely. Uh, so as last race, uh, they sort of had an engine problem. It wasn't anything Lance was doing. Lance was looking really good to be in the top six and um, to finish above the Mercedes and everything. So, looking at Aston Martin for double top six, double top ten, absolutely. Lance will be uh, on par to get their car up there. Maybe not top three, but definitely he'll be between sixth and fourth place because he looks really good in that car. Uh, The thing with Lance is you give him a good car and he can perform it to the best of its abilities. He's very consistent in a good car. Go back to 2020 with the pink Mercedes, you will see... What uh, Lance Stroll did with that car, he was able to bring it up to the top 10, top 6 quite often when you give him a good car. So I really do think that Aston Martin, a double top 6 finish is worth taking.
1: Oh, wow. All right. See, and this is what I like to do. I like to throw things at you, Mikhail, that I'm considering. And then you can <laughs> you can either shut them down right in my face or you can uh, endorse them. So that's the bet I like the most uh, heading into this race because like, we've both watched. we've We've seen how fast that car is. And especially with the issues for Ferrari, it's clear that Mercedes are a step slow right now, even though George Russell has done a really good job of driving that car, finishing fourth in the in the, in the the last race, and Lewis was fifth, uh, Lewis Hamilton right behind him. I'm not ready to believe that the Mercedes have made enough adjustments there. So that would be the one I'm looking at. As far as from your perspective here, you know, we had a big discussion on the points finishes in race number two, and we were both, we were right. Our convictions were upheld on the Alpine front, where they were... Uh, you could got, have gotten them two to one for both drivers, Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly to finish top 10. They got there last week. I was on Gasly at a small minus money price. Well, that's changed this week. So they are still, like, if you look at it, it's the two Red Bulls, it's the two Mercedes, the two Ferraris, the two Aston Martins. Those are one through one through eight, basically. And then Ocon and Gasly are now each minus 225 at DraftKings to finish in the points. So you're now having to pay a little bit more of a tax if you want both of them to finish in the points. I think I saw Mikhail, like, plus uh 105 or so yes that's
2: Uh, that's one of my bets
1: it is so you are so you are still yes alpine double top 10 is plus 105 so uh, even though that price has now required more of a tax to be paid is that one you still do like you're heading into this week
2: i still do like because alpine now they said that they want to be above the midfield and that car looks like it is above the midfield they are driving the car like it's above the midfield right so a double top 10 finish for that yes it's going to be a little bit risky because you have the top you already have the top five teams with red bull ferrari aston martin mercedes and that covers your top eight and i think alpine are the next car down that's faster for the top five and you have two two drivers team that's your top 10 right there Pierre Gasly. Espan Alcon to finish up the top 10 so I really do think that Alpine are best of the midfield and can get both their cars up into the top 10 over here
1: and with how bad uh, McLaren have been so far a lot is going to be made this week about the homecoming Oscar Piastri who grew up 15 minutes from the circuit there in Melbourne and he's plus 225 to finish in the points his teammate Lando Norris plus 165 to finish in the points and those are uh, those are sucker bets are they not Mikhail?
2: Uh, i'm staying away from mclaren until they've got the new concept as they put uh coming in so it should be ready for the race after the australian which is at the azerbaijan, uh, azerbaijan grand prix but for right now uh as much as i would really like to sprinkle some money for oscar to get up into the point i just don't think mclaren have been able to create a concept they can sort of Fight the Alpine, especially, just to get that top 10 for 9 and 10th place. Forget going against the Mercedes, Ferraris, Aston Martin, Red Bulls, which will cover your top 8. It's going to be a very close fight for the last two positions in the top 10. I don't think McLaren had the pace or the ability to come back to get up there.
1: Yeah, well, and they just they sacked their, uh, their technical director, and now the head design role has been split among three people, so... I asked this question the other week, uh, when as it related to Mercedes, like why does it why does it take these teams uh, two races into the season to realize how much they screwed up to now start sw- sweeping overhaul changes? It kind of seems the same way to me with McLaren, Michael, like how did they not realize there were issues here until uh, race? I was obvious in race one. It got even worse in race two.
2: So McLaren did know about the issues. They knew last year. They just have been spending time to create the concept because it ta- it does take a couple of months to get that finished product out. So they, they were very well aware when it came down to it was the end of last season to, into winter break. That's what they've been working on the entire winter break from what they've said is they know their cause is just not going to be good in the first season until we get to Azerbaijan for the foot full, uh, full race. So... They are very, very well aware of it and have been working on it. So that's what I'm saying. Like McLaren right now, they know it's immense amount of pain for the short term. But once we get to the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, they might have a car that could fight against the Alpine to go up and be best of the
1: rest. So as far as the rest of the card here this week, and for anybody interested in some of these points finishes bets, you have uh, the two Haas are actually of the next choice as far as uh, combined with the Havlando Norris plus 165. If you're looking to look at those odds on potential drivers to finish in the points this week, if you think an Alpine or if another car, you know, obviously who knows with Ferrari's issues, could one of those cars maybe not even finish the race? We saw what happened to Stroll and the Aston Martin uh, last last race. So there, there could be opportunities potentially at the back end there for that top 10. So Nico Hulkenberg, Kevin Magnuson, the two are each plus 165. Uh, you also have Valtteri Bottas. Uh, in the Alfa Romeo plus one eighty five, anything interest you there, Mikhail? From those uh, those sub two to one prices on guys who have uh, bought this as a top ten already this year, we've seen the Haas uh, car at least be in the mix there for a uh, a top ten points finish. What do you think about those lines?
2: So when I look at the rest of the field, uh, I just don't feel comfortable taking any more laying any money with them. Like yes, they're all good. It's going to be a close battle again. I said full ninth and tenth position. I, I just don't feel. Strongly about any of these drivers to go up against the alpines, right has the very inconsistent with their ability to perform with their car, yes, they have two strong drivers, which is good, and they have zero crashes on their bill for the season, <laughs> yeah, but I still don't think that their car is quite tuned in for it to be where it normally is, but what if I told you I found plus money on Max?
1: Uh please uh please elaborate. Please elaborate, sir. I was about to ask, what okay, what else is on your card if there's if you don't like these drivers at the bottom? What did you find that is plus money on Max?
2: So if you it, it's in the driver props on DraftKings and if you go, it will be one of the parlays. You're trying to it actually it's it's in the prop section. You're looking for fastest qualifier and race winner. That's minus one sixty-five for Max Verstappen. Right next to it is fastest lap and win the race. Max Verstappen plus one twenty-five. And I think that's pretty good money right there for for Max to get the fastest lap and to be the race winner. Like there's no doubt that he's got A very very high chance of winning the race and fastest lap we know that when it comes to max and he really wants those extra points because Sergio Perez is now just one point under him in the driver's table so I think max might like to extend that lead over his teammate he doesn't like finishing second he doesn't like not having enough points but I do think that he can get the fastest lap and then the race win Max obviously is a plus 125 for fast fastest lap and race winner Max Verstappen. That's gonna be my bet. So I have three bets: the fastest qualifying race winner Max Verstappen minus 165, fastest lap and race winner Max Verstappen plus 125, and the double top ten finish for Alpine plus 105.
1: Love it. I like that angle because if you're gonna try, if you're going to bet Max, you have to be creative. Is kind of our takeaway, right? with how the odds have been accurately reflected to show his dominance this year in the car uh, with what the Red Bull are, are throwing out there uh, and then I'll throw in uh, Aston Martin double top 6 at minus 110 I am, I am I'm drinking the Kool-Aid I am a believer now in the Aston Martin I wanted to see it uh, I am now I am a believer with how fast Frando Alonso has looked
2: Just one thing for our listeners if you listen to last week's podcast with Johnny Avella you will know that if you had a ticket for top three finish for uh, fernando alonso that did not cash so please go and check your spoke book rules on how it they actually grade your bets because that's going to be vital as we move forward because we might see a lot of these penalties come in post-race a lot of teams contesting it and probably even winning it and they change the stuff so yes maybe a couple hours after the race like okay yeah we're going to reinstate his podium y- in the official transcripts that came out right after the, the races, which is what draftings look at, they said that George Russell was top three. So if you had that ticket, that cashed, not Fernando Alonso.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, a, no, that's a good point as always. Make sure you know the house rules. At the same time, who the hell knows what the FIA are going to do? Because they just make crap up as they go. Anyway, enough about that. So your, your three bets, Mikhail, as we wrap up are as follows.
2: Alpine, top ten finish, plus one of five. Fastest lap and race winner Max Verstappen plus one twenty five, fastest qualifier and race winner Max Verstappen minus one sixty five.
1: Make sure if you have liked what we've done so far, give us a thumbs up on your on your podcast uh, wherever you are listening to this from. Take a couple seconds if you don't mind, just let subscribe uh, if you already haven't done so, and uh, leave a comment if you are so inclined. Let us know if, if there's anything else you would like to see with these week by week breakdowns. We're, we're trying to do our best to be uh, thorough and concise at the same time so we're looking forward to this week late uh, it's uh, i guess an early morning if you're on the uh, the east coast 1 a.m eastern time is when this race kicks off sunday morning for us here in vegas it's perfect timing because it's 10 p.m on a saturday night so i love this race for the timing aspect of it so uh, for mikhail i'm ben we'll catch you next time here on the v formula one betting podcast